Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome today to the next episode of The Free Lawyer. And I'm so happy to have with us today um, Chrissy DeSparty, a practicing attorney and in-house counsel um, out west, to share a little bit about her journey and and how she's found fulfillment in the legal profession. Chrissy, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Gary. I really appreciate the, the opportunity to chat with you. Well, it's completely, it's completely my pleasure. You know, Christy, so the listeners know a little bit about you. Tell us about your journey, um, how you became, decided to become a lawyer, and how you got to where you are today. Ooh, um, <laughs> so I've, I guess I kind of, when I, when I was in high school, I always saw kind of two paths, and one of them was the legal profession, and the other in case you're curious, happens to be culinary arts. I thought I wanted to be a chef for a little while. Um, and I have no regrets choosing the the legal side of that. Um, but that's kind of where the journey started. And I put it on the back burner, um, had a conversation with my husband at one point, And we were like, what do you think that you'd be doing if we hadn't gotten married? And I had mentioned that I wanted to go to law school. And he's like, well, what the heck are we doing? Let's go. Um, so that's how I started. What, and... a, what a nice uh, what a nice partner. You know, how supportive. Yeah, he, he honestly has been so incredibly supportive the entire time. I've, you know, gone from, you know, we lived in Southeast Idaho. I wanted to go to law school in Northern Idaho. So we moved. And then I clerked after law school and so we moved back to southeast idaho and then i'm now in spokane and he's been like let's do it every single time so incredibly supportive fantastic so you went to law school then tell us where you practice first and i know you transitioned to in-house so tell us a little bit about that journey yeah so i've always wanted to be in-house and you know i think it's funny if you ask most law students what kind of law they want to practice they have this idea and they have an answer and their head that they can tell you. Um, and that's not always what happens. Um, that's the case with me. Usually you just kind of take the first job that comes. Um, so I clerked straight out of law school. And then from there, I went to a litigation firm, civil litigation, um, practiced for a little while, about four and a half or so years out of law school. I was like, okay, this really isn't the right path for me. I don't jive well with litigation. And that's when I started looking to move in house. Tell us a little bit about life in the law firm and life as a litigator. What what did you like about that? And what were the obstacles or the stresses? Yeah, so some of the things that I liked about litigation in general is I love the strategic thinking behind it, um, the critical thinking, seeing 
you know, a motion that I disagreed with and being able to figure out how I can present it to a court and, and win for my client. Um, I loved that piece of it. I loved the, the collaboration with some of my team members when we were all, you know, if you have a big case and you all kind of just jump in together and, and try to figure it out. I love that. The things that I don't like, <laughs> um, this is a, a, I think a common thing is the billable hour is rough and not that it's necessarily that you have to build time. It's the underlying representation of, I have to keep moving, constantly filling in the time, constantly moving towards this goal that may or may not end up meaning that I'm working outrageous amount of hours. I don't see my family. Um, and then I, I don't like the adversarialness that comes with litigation. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I'm just not cutthroat enough to be super adversarial. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I just think that we should all get along. We're all doing our job and we're all doing the best that we can for our clients. Yeah, I've been uh, practicing for 44 years. And one of the changes I've seen, because I've done litigation my whole life, is that there's much more of that conflict and contentiousness. Um, you know, when I began, I could be going against the best lawyer in the field in the other case, but there was always courtesy and and respect and stipulations and no name calling and no unnecessary motions being filed. And that seems to happen more. And, and I think if um, uh, we as a profession and particularly younger lawyers like yourself and others I've chatted with can strive to instill a little more respect and professionalism into litigation. Um, I just had Ryan Knizek on last week on the podcast, and that's what he was saying. That's the biggest stress litigators feel is dealing with the people. It's not knowing the law. It's not resolving the cases. It's not the clients. It's dealing with the other lawyers. And that's something we as a profession have control over. So your, your concern there is not, you know, unusual. So what did you do then after you practiced as a litigator for um, several years? So that's kind of when I, I moved in-house. I was very thoughtful about the companies that I applied to and ultimately only applied to maybe three or four and ended up landing in the spot that I'm in currently. And it it was such a great transition for me. It's you know, people talk about feeling like they're at home in their job, and that's how being in-house is for me. I get to have that collaborativeness. I get to have some of the strategic thinking. And even though it's more contract-based, and I'm, you know, I guess in a, in a sense, dealing with opposing counsel through our, our respective clients, trying to get negotiations and deals finished, it, it's still a strategical thinking for me. And, and so I, I love that. It's, it's honestly been, it is like home. It feels like home. What is the mindset difference for you as an attorney between working in a firm as a litigator and being house counsel or in-house counsel to the company where you work now? You know, I, I think I've, I've probably posted about this on LinkedIn at a, at one point about how Moving from litigation, there was kind of this unspoken but frequently spoken rule that the client is your enemy. And that's not meant to say that clients are awful people or that they do terrible things. It's not about that. It's that 
so often as the attorneys, we understand the bigger picture. We know what pieces fall where, and we can look at something and say, this is relevant because of this, this, and this, where some of our clients look at something, they're like, that doesn't even matter who cares about that. So they don't disclose it to us. That's where that mentality of the client is the enemy comes in. So or moving- just, to, just to add to that, I've seen the other two where they want us to push an argument or mm-hmm. a fact that is not relevant or is so either scurrilous or nasty, it'll make them look bad. And I've seen yes. that too. Yeah, absolutely. So moving in house, you know, you can't do that. Your client is your company. Your client is on your side 100%. You know, each sales member, of course they have their somewhat of their own agenda, right? They want to get the deal done. Perhaps they have commission tied to it, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. Our goal is the exact same. And it's not about, for lack of better term, screwing over the other side. It's about just moving things forward. It's about getting revenue. So that for me has been the biggest kind of mind shift of saying, okay, my client is no longer the enemy. My client is my friend and we have to work together. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And and I guess also you have time to educate, train your client, inform them so that over time, whatever sort of maybe issues there might have been in the relationship get kind of corrected as, oh, I see you explained that to me last month or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things about working with uh, various people is being able to take a moment, pause and, and kind of go through and explain my thought process. This is why I'm pushing back on this item. That's why it's a big deal and having them understand and say, okay, I, I got it. Let's go. Well, it sounds like a great relationship. You know, the one thing I liked about private practice in, in family law was I used to say, I didn't mind representing the person who might've left the marriage. I just didn't want to represent a jerk and I could choose to not represent that person. You have no choice in who your client is or even your your client's a company, but they're also individuals that you have different advising responsibilities. You don't have a choice about that, but is that something that is managed pretty easily or is that something that's comfortable for you? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that there are, with any job that you have, you're going to run into a circumstance where you don't really have a choice in what you do and you just have to run with it. And I think that that's definitely the case for me too. That doesn't mean that I hate it. It's just, there are things that have to be done and you have to take care of them. Right. Right. Um, How is your career different working in-house now at, at the place where you are in Spokane, Washington? which probably you didn't envision, but how is your career different from what you thought it would look like when you were in law school? It's, it's definitely taken a lot of twists and turns that I didn't expect. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned that I always wanted to be in house. I've, I've worked before going to law school. I've worked for larger companies. I've loved that environment, the atmosphere. And it was interesting to me and somewhat, um, sad, I guess, when I moved into litigation and was met with some toxicity that I I think is unfortunate. And I'm so glad that not everybody experiences that. Some of us do. And that has been, I think, the thing that has been so different for me that I didn't expect. I thought that it was going to be this, you know, 
the legal profession is supposed to be prestigious and we're supposed to be above all of the the bull crap. And that's not what I found when I first started. You know, and, and you're not the only lawyer who who felt that way or feels that way. What suggestions do you have either for the profession as a whole or for the individual practitioner who experiences that toxicity, whether it's in their law firm, because people who manage law firms were trained to be lawyers, not to be business managers, mm -hmm. or with the litigator on the other side who's just nasty. You know, how do we as a profession or individual practitioners, how do we handle those situations? You know, I think you have to take them differently. When we're talking about, you know, being in a situation where the toxicity is coming from inside your own employer, it's it's different. I think the thing that really helped me through it is understanding, okay, it's not my fault. I wasn't the one who caused this. I'm doing the best that I can. And then being okay with moving out of that, saying, it's okay for me to leave this role. It's okay for me to put myself in a situation that's going to be better for me and leaving that firm. Um, I struggled so much to begin with when I was facing some of the, some of the issues with, with saying, okay, it's not me. Things were so bad at some point that I was like, okay, I just can't be a lawyer. Clearly I am terrible at my job and I just can't do this anymore. And it literally took a friend of mine who worked at the same place saying, no, I would have done that same thing. This is not you. This is the fact that you're a first year associate and you don't know anything. So I, I think you have to take a step back and understand that it's not your fault. And when dealing with opposing counsel or somebody outside of your, your employer that might be kind of toxic, it's so funny because one of my first experiences with that was actually a female opposing counsel and I couldn't tell you what it is that I said. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I remember being on a phone call with her and she had her associate on the line and it was just me. I was probably second year and she started laughing at me on a phone call. And it was so devastating at the moment, like, oh my gosh, she is laughing at me. <laughs> but I think you have to take in similar respects, kind of the same idea. Like, it's not my fault. This isn't me but also understand that you can't change them. They are going to be who, who they are and you have to continue to uphold professionalism and be kind at every turn. Um, you can't meet uncivility with uncivility. Yeah, I, I love that. I, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to the concept of what I call acceptance. Um, you know, if, if I work for a partner who's really challenging, um, if I go in thinking, oh, He's going to be so difficult. He's going to give me a hard time. I immediately create in my mind stress. But if I go in and he's difficult, I'm, I can just be, that's the way Jack is. I kind of know it. I know how to manage it. And, and I try to not resist it because that just creates stress for me. And the other important thing that I think you said is we always have choices. And so many people feel stuck and trapped and you know, we can move to a different firm. We can move from a bigger firm to a smaller firm, which may have a different mentality. We can move from a firm to in-house. We can move from doing litigation to doing estate planning, which may be less stressful. We have choices and, and we have the power to change those things. 
I wouldn't do so rashly or harshly the first day someone gives you a hard time. But when sure. push comes to shove, we could figure out what our values are, what's important to us, and we can make those choices. And you've, you've made them move it in-house. And I can see the joy in your face. I can see how happy you are, how comfortable you are. And you're exactly in your sweet spot where you should be. And, you know, compliments to you for having the courage to make those changes. Thanks. It, I think that what you said is exactly it. it. It comes to having courage. And to say that it's courageous or not, I, I don't know if what I did was courageous, but it was necessary at the time. Each move that I've made has been necessary. And sometimes it does take a, a little bit of a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, I found too, when I'm dealing with a nasty litigator who laughs at me or raises the voice or the, the thing I often heard saying, that's really stupid. Um, and I say, hey, maybe it is. You know, Maybe I just don't get it. Maybe I'm stupid. And I sort of deflected in a Columbo kind of way of just saying, maybe you're right. Maybe, hey, maybe you're really smart and I'm really stupid. I don't know, but that's my position. And that's what we got to work from. But I found that if I engage with it, even though sometimes I can feel the blood rushing to the surface, but if I engage with it and say, you think I'm stupid, then, you know, then we're just, we're off to the races and nothing good happens from that. In your career, is there anything you wish you had done differently or anything you would have changed? And if so, what would it be? You know, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for all of the bad, for everything that's happened. It has gotten me to the point that I am now. And, you know, I said that at one point I felt like I just couldn't do this, that I couldn't be a lawyer, that I wasn't cut out to do it. But even dealing with all of that, dealing with the weird depression that came with some of the, the, the harmful um, interactions I had, I still wouldn't change it. I think that every step we take, whether it's in a legal profession, whether it's in a non-legal profession, just in life in general, every step that we take leads us to where we're at now. I like who I am. I try so hard to be, you know, solid for other people too. I try so hard to show them a path that maybe I felt like I wish that I had when I was in those moments, I try to be that person for them. And I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be here if I changed something. You know, I, I would give the same answer to that question. If you asked me that question, because I've been through a lot of experiences that I didn't like and I didn't enjoy, um, but they helped to fashion me into being who I am today. And I found we learn a whole lot more from the challenging circumstances, the day when things go wrong, than the day when everything's perfect. We don't learn anything from that. It's a nice day. We wish every day was like that, but we really learn from the, we learn from the challenges, don't we? Mm -hmm. What are, what do you think is the biggest problem or some of the biggest problems facing lawyers in our legal profession today? I think one of the things is, is this idea that we should continue doing things the way that they are because they've always been that way. Um, quite frankly, that's a terrible reason to do anything. If that is the only reason that you're continuing to do something, it is a terrible reason to do it. I think that there's always this battle between generations. You know, there's, for years, we've had this boomer versus millennial battle, which is completely ridiculous. But I think that when you get to the heart of it, 
every generation comes in with something different. They come in with these different ideals, with these different cultures, um, with these different work ethics. And I think that we have to embrace some of that. Look at it and look at how one person, although they may be doing it differently, doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. Um, and being more open to learn from that and being more open to change. Yeah, that's law, probably the biggest one. The legal profession can be kind of stodgy and stuck. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think one of the things I've learned a lot about really through LinkedIn recently is alternative billing arrangements that I just hear so often how, you know, the hourly billing requirements causes such stress for the attorney. It also causes problems for the law firm because they're in conflict with their clients because the clients want to pay less. They want to charge more and, and the mm -hmm. clients don't pay the bill. And then they got a, a receivables and they're just like, but there are other ways we can price our services and find fulfillment and be more in synergy with the client. So I think that's, you know, a great suggestion. Um, what do you find most fulfilling as an attorney? Knowing that I'm making a difference, even if it's small, you know, in house, what, what difference am I making? I'm, I'm bringing in revenue for a company, but ultimately it's not just about that. It's, you know, as, as my company makes money, they're able to employ people. That's, that's huge. But the other piece of that is that I also try to handle some of the employment concerns as well. So being able to step in and say, okay, no, we can't do that we have to do it this way, or we should do it that way is important for me. But also what fulfills me outside of just doing my actual job is being able to connect with people, being able to share our experiences, being able to um, lend that ear, I guess, to hear other people's stories and, and just say, I see you. That's really wonderful. I think something we lawyers as a profession, and not you, uh, don't do very well at is listening. And and we often want to, you know, we're trained to offer advice, give opinions, but often we don't really listen. And I don't know how many times, even in a case, maybe you saw this when you're litigating, you know, Christy, this is my client's position. Then you interrupt me to say, no, but that's wrong because I know you're, and all of a sudden we're talking over each other, and neither of us even listens. And I've learned in litigation, it's so important to listen because if I listen, then you're going to listen to me. And even if you don't, I've learned something. I've understood what your client's position is. And, and I'm not going to necessarily convince you by arguing with you, but it's a matter of listening and being heard. And whether it's in an employment setting or networking with other young attorneys, I think it's so important that we all have associates, whether it's in your business, in your company, or in networking in some group, general counsel's group, or whether it's a young lawyer's group, to have professionals who understand and who we can support and who can support us. So we've realized we're not alone. You know, we're not alone in this. Yeah. And it, I think you bring up a good point too, is that our clients' respective cases are not our cases. They're not personal to us. And by not listening, by interrupting, by being adversarial, we are taking it personally and we just should be doing that. We should all be able to have a tough case because our respective clients are tough and don't like each other. And then at the end of the day, go out and have coffee together 
or have a conversation that doesn't have anything to do with being adversarial or mean or whatever, we should be able to do that as a profession. And in a lot of respects, we don't. One of the values I think is very important for our profession is wellness, because I think a lot of lawyers are under such stress. Um, our substance abuse rates are very high. Our suicide rate is very high. What, um, what do you think are good practices either for you, but not only for you, but for the lawyer who is laboring in, in a firm where their high hourly billing requirements are laboring under stress as you did before, what thoughts or suggestions do you have to help younger lawyers today be well and healthy and, and happy? Well, I think one of them is, is what I said, that one is not personal. You can't take your client's case and say, this is my case. It's not, it's theirs. You have to be able to separate. Even though you're trying to zealously advocate for a client, you have to be able to separate. And then I think what's so important, and this is something that I do, is I actually add in breaks on my calendar at work. I'll put in even something as simple as a reminder to drink some water, because in those moments when it gets so busy, I just forget. So I have reminders to drink water. And also during your downtime, you know, if you bill a lot of hours, downtime is hard to come by. You have to find some and you have to do something that you enjoy. And it should be, in my opinion, more than just sitting on the couch and watching TV because you're too tired to do anything else. You have to find something that you find joy in. You know, I, I'm a big advocate when I'm stressed out. And I did this all the time when I was a litigator is I would shut my office door. I would put my headphones on. I would turn on some pump up music and I would dance in my office. And if anybody opened up the door, I'd probably <laughs> be incredibly embarrassed. But that in just that moment, those couple of minutes that the song lasted, that was able to release some tension. And I found joy in that. Yeah. Today, I was just feeling a little under the weather, a little either stressed or just in a funk. So I went to the gym and went really hard on elliptical and it cleared my mind to perfect. You, you mentioned your culinary background. Do you like cooking or baking as a way to relieve stress? I do love cooking. Um, I'm not a big fan of baking, but <laughs> I've started making um, my own vinegars and I've started oh. making my own mead. Wonderful. Um, yeah, so those are some those hobbies. Those don't understand because I didn't know when we first spoke, what is mead? So mead is, um, it's not wine, but it's easily understood as a honey-based type of wine. It's an alcohol made from honey. Really nice, really nice. Well, my wife loves baking to relieve stress. And that sort of creates a difficult dynamic in our relationship because if I can really stress her out, she'll bake me some chocolate chip cookies. It seems like the wrong... <laughs> Wrong kind of reward there. Um, I call this podcast the free lawyer, Christy. Uh, not because we're free. If you hire outside counsel, you know we're not free. But because it's all about how you and I can create personal freedom in our lives as practicing attorneys. What does true personal freedom mean to you? Um, working to live not living to work. That's personal freedom to me. It's being able to enjoy my family. It's being able to take a moment and breathe and, you know, put my feet on the ground 
and know that I exist despite my work. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, you know, so for those of us who would like to get in touch with you, any of the listeners like to get in touch with you, what is the best way that they can find you, uh, Christy, and, and connect with you if if they found some of what you say attractive and they like to learn more about you and how you practice your law? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Christy D. Sparty. Um, you can always find me there. And I respond to messages as quickly as I can. Or you can also email me at c-d-i-s-p-a-r-t-e at gmail.com. I'm happy to reach out there as well. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today and for your for your insights, because you're a person who really enjoys the practice of law. You find it very fulfilling. You're happy and content. And so many of us aspire to be in that place. And I think you've shown them a way to do that. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our chat. And it's, it's been nice to share some of the insight between the two of us. That's great. Um, thank you, listeners, for joining us again today. And to each of you, please be well, be safe, and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.